You're listening to the Eagles Eye podcast by David Sokal. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Eagles Eye podcast. This is episode 51. And uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been quite some time since um, the last podcast. In fact, the last podcast that I did um, was just before the World Cup uh, was going to kick off. And uh, my son, Matthew, uh, and myself um, spoke for quite some time uh, regarding the the whole issues connected uh, to whether the World Cup should have been played uh, in Qatar or not. there was quite a good response to that uh, podcast and um, irrespective to uh, people's views, the whole situation with uh, Qatar and the whole situation with Iran and things like that, the World Cup still went ahead. I was quite staggered to hear, um, obviously there's been issues with Gary Lineker since, but uh, <laughs> quite quite astonished to hear Gary Lineker really speak out against the issues in in uh, Qatar with the human rights problems. It didn't stop him going over there and getting paid, of course, uh, and doing his job, but never mind. Um, so we've had uh, quite some time off, or I've had some time off from the podcasts, uh, but I haven't had time off, if you see what I mean. <laughs> it's, it's as busy as ever, life in the fast lane, and um, uh, certainly... Uh, Producing quite a lot as well, being uh, doing quite a lot of movies of late. Um, one of my early podcasts, uh, I was looking at Crimes Against Humanity, which is from a book uh, that I wrote uh, some time ago uh, of a work of songs and poems re- um, regarding the Holocaust. And um, for, for, for a long time now, I've, I've wanted to, to do something more with that. Well, um, a little bit of inspiration and... Um, for about three months, uh, towards the end of last year, 2022, um, I spent uh, a, a good chunk of time putting together um, the Crimes Against Humanity movie, which is just over an hour long. Uh, that's out on the Christian Friends of Israel YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube and type in CFI UK. That's for Christian Friends of Israel UK. And you can see the Crimes Against Humanity film on there. And uh, would really encourage you to uh, subscribe to that channel and watch it. Uh, click like. Uh, it's not really a movie that... that it's not entertainment, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, had a lot of good response from it and uh, people appreciate it's up there. Um, also, we've, we've been doing so much uh, since then and... Um, Lots of uh, other little movies that I've created, including one when we, my son Matthew and I were out in um, Germany watching the Bundesliga, went to see uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, um, and there's various other things. But of course, work keeps going with uh, CFI, Christian Friends of Israel, and uh, I'm pleased to say uh, work continues and that um, people keep booking uh, events and different things. And so we've been really, really uh, busy with that. Um, but it's springtime, and Passover is uh, happening um, as I'm about to um, go away again to do another uh, Passover uh, teaching meal. So Passover is just literally around the corner. Uh, plenty of stuff we've done in the past regarding Passover. 
And again, if you want to go onto the CFI UK YouTube channel, you can hear uh, one from two years ago that I did uh, call, uh, uh, called the uh, Passover Experience. And uh, yeah, for sure, we'll be uh, celebrating Passover uh, very soon. But that's not what this podcast is about. You see, somebody um, contacted me regard, regarding one of my, my early uh, or earlier podcasts. Um, and uh, that podcast was called Questions That Everyone Wants to Ask But Feel They Can't. And, and, and this person contacted me and just said, hmm, really interesting podcast. Listen to how you try to tackle uh, giving uh, answers to the questions that you've been given. I wish I'd heard this earlier because I would have liked to have asked a question. Uh, the question the person asked, actually, um, it, it's dealt within the podcast um, <laughs> towards the end. Um, and uh, it was in connection with, um, you know, believing what the afterlife um, sort of like looks like. Um, and and I, I can remember talking towards the end uh, about, in fact, you're going to listen to it again because um, I'm going to take the best bits from that podcast and, and, and include, it, include it here. So basically, uh, I'm, I, I was towards the end of the pod podcast, which you'll, you'll hear, I was on top of uh, Helvellyn, and uh, that was 10 years ago uh, now, but uh, it was the summer, it was uh, June, and I, I mentioned that um, I wasn't very fit, <laughs> and I'd got to the top, and, and, and I can remember sat there on the top of uh, Helvellyn and um, thinking, well, this is it, Lord. Uh, I've, I've got to the top, but I don't think <laughs> I'll get down, and uh, if you want to take me, you, can, you know, I'm... I'm quite content. <laughs> well, the Lord didn't take me. <laughs> Got far too much more work to do for the kingdom. And uh, I did get down. Uh, but I, I do mention on it that I, I felt at the time that that would probably be the last time uh, I was to climb that mountain. Um, incidentally, if you don't know, Helvellyn is 3,200 foot high. Uh, it's the third highest mountain in England. And uh, it's it's one of my favourite climbs. Uh, I'd climbed it uh, twelve times uh, back in uh, when was it? Uh, Two thousand and thirteen, ten years ago. And I didn't think I'd do it again. Well, just to let you know that uh, three weeks ago, uh, my wife Julian and I decided we would go and 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 try and see how far up we could get and and tackle it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, got some incredible footage, uh, and uh, yeah, my 13th time on Helvellyn, loved it, uh, and if you go onto my personal YouTube channel, um, which is David Sokel, uh, at David Sokel on YouTube, uh, you will see uh, the latest film that I've got, where we're, we're climbing Helvellyn once again. So, as you listen to this podcast, questions that everyone wants to ask but feel they can't, I asked a serious question of myself uh, 10 years ago <laughs> when I was 50, almost 53. Would this be the last time I climbed Hell Vellum? Um, well, I've got a little bit fitter since then, and I can tell you, it was as hard, if not harder, than ever. 
but the experience. There's something about pushing yourself to beyond what you think you can do. And um, yeah, it was a. I answered my own questions of could I do it? And yeah, I absolutely could. So I just want to um, leave it there for the moment. But uh, here is uh, the best of that podcast questions that everyone wants to ask but feel they can't. Can't. And, you know, I've had a lot of issues regarding various teachings from various sections of the church, some which seem to be contradictory. Um, we've had uh, questions on why does God allow suffering? Well, that's that's a good one, um, especially taking into account that um, as I'm actually uh, doing uh, this podcast... Um, it's um, in the week where basically we are remembering uh, the um, terrible attack on the pizza restaurant in in Jerusalem. And um, the reason why we're um, remembering that is because it's been 20 years ago this week uh, when um, lots of uh, Jewish people were killed 15 uh, Jewish people were murdered and and over 130 were wounded when um, a pizza restaurant was blown up by a Hamas suicide bomber um, in, in Jerusalem in Israel left on the front of a pizzeria in the heart of Jerusalem after a Hamas suicide bombing claimed the lives of 15 civilians. Palestinian terrorists behind the massacre, on the other hand, filled up their pockets. Eight terrorists responsible for the Sabara bombing have been paid almost $1 million by the Palestinian Authority over the past 18 years, according to a Palestinian media watch report. Ahlam Tamimi was the mastermind of the terror attack. Tamimi was sentenced to 16 consecutive life sentences, but was released in 2011 as part of the prisoner swap deal reached between Israel and Hamas. The PA paid her over $50,000 until her release. The bomb maker, Abdullah Barghouti, collected over $200,000 alone. Overall, more than $900,000 have been spent on Sabara terrorists and their families, equaling to a monthly cost of $7,000. Dubbed as Pay for Slay, Palestinian Authority's Martyrs Fund is frequently criticized by Israel as an incentive to carry out attacks. Under the Trump administration, the Taylor Force Act came into law, cutting about a third of U.S. foreign aid payments to the PA until stipend payments to terrorists and their families are ceased. This position of the Palestinian Authority, Mr. Chairman and Ranking Member, is inconsistent with the two-state solution, is inconsistent with peace, and we need to stop are in bolding of this practice. It seems rather unlikely that the Palestinian Authority will budge. President Abbas claims the payments are a social responsibility. Thousands of Palestinians rely on them.
And I'd just like to thank uh, I24 News uh, from Israel for that uh, clip of uh, the report and the subsequent money that the Palestinian Authority are giving to uh, terrorists, uh, which needs to be stopped. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a big question. Why? Why does God allow these things to happen? And I've got lots of questions like that. And, uh, and I, it, that's a heavy subject, really, really heavy subject. And I, and I don't want to spend a whole hour talking about why and not coming up uh, with an answer at the end. Because sometimes that might be the case. It's not easy, actually, to give an answer to that one. But, and, and, and let me just say, I believe in the sovereignty of God, Okay. So that means basically, um, and I think I've, I've I've done a podcast. I've certainly spoken on it many times about the sovereignty of God. Uh, who are we to question the Lord God if there is this this uh, being, if there is this spirit, if there is this um, what the the church and 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 the, the Judaism profess to be the the Lord God Almighty. Um, if there is this God, then who are we to even question him? You know, because we are just mortal men. We, we, we're made of, you know, flesh and, and blood and uh, here he today, gone tomorrow type of thing. You know, 70 years, 80 years might seem a long time, but it's not. It really isn't. And I can see a lot of people now or imagine loads of people nodding their heads, those who were in the 70s and the 80s and thinking, yes, I remember yesterday and I was 20 years old. Well, you know, I can't, I, I turned a bit of a, uh, uh, I'm going through a bit of a time in my life where I'm struggling. Can I just say that? <laughs> um, I turned a corner last year when I got to my 60th birthday and, you know, suddenly things started creaking. <laughs> you know, Basically, nobody's oiled me for, you know, 50 years. And and, and, uh, and why is it when I do a 15k or a, a 20k walk, I can barely get up out of bed the next morning? You know, my body's sort of like telling me things. <laughs> uh, well, July last month, um, I turned 61. And, um, you know, the only benefit that I can see about being 61 is I can turn the figures around now and pretend I'm 16 because that's <laughs> that's what my, that's what my inner man is telling me you know uh, the only trouble is I can't do the things I used to do when I was 16 um yeah anyway moving on um so you know basically we are flesh aren't we we're flesh and blood and yet um sometimes in our faith especially in the Christian church the, the, the cry is for the flesh to be silent, to, you know, to, to, to crucify the flesh as it were. And, and in, I think it was in my first podcast, episode one, possibly episode uh, two, um, I was looking at this because, and I quoted, I think, from uh, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, in the New Testament where we read, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God, so that's you, the listener, anybody, any of us, okay, for, for that person 
who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Nobody knows who the writer of the Hebrews are. Many believe it's possibly uh, Saul or Paul, uh, depending whether you're looking Hebrew or, or Greek. Uh, but we aren't 100% sure. But um, according to this verse, a person who diligently seeks God will be rewarded. But rewarded with what is the question? And like I said, lots of people have written in and given me all these questions about hope, about uh, peace in life, about eternal salvation, uh, which, by the way, many within the church, it, it, that actually means, uh, you know, getting a bus ticket to heaven, but actually missing out on the kingdom of God whilst experiencing the life that we're living now. You know, is that really what it means? You know, as long as I believe in John 3.16, I've got my bus ticket to heaven, I can just relax, I can forget that, you know, I can just live however inappropriate and just because I believe in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, da 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 You know, and, you know, the question is, do we need to be awarded? Do we need to 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 be rewarded by this God because we're diligently seeking seeking Him? You know, if we've got this 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 love affair, if we've got this um, intimacy with God, um, you know, for all the things, all the ministry that I've been, well, either I felt led to do, some of it wasn't of the Lord, but He blessed me anyway, and some of it um, was God, I believe. Uh, telling me to do certain things, such as my stand with Israel. Uh, so, you know, there's all these all these things that I've done in the past, which you can listen to on the podcast, such as my, you know, the work in the Soviet Union, the work in, in Romania, building the hospice, etc., etc. The 20-odd the, the, the years, well, 26 years now, uh, that I've been standing uh, and, uh, you know, either voluntary or, or paid work with, with um, standing with Israel. Uh, my calling, basically. Um, I don't do it to get a reward, if you see what I mean. Um, I diligently do it, um, and I, but I don't expect God to reward me. I do it because he's asked me to do it, and I do it that, yeah, okay, I am expecting a reward. Um, uh, but the, the reward, the only thing I want to receive as a reward is when I finally, uh, you know, breathe my last and, and, and curl up my toes and, uh, you know, spring my mortal coil, as uh, certain John Cleese would have said once upon a time. When I get to this place, whatever heaven is, wherever God is, this, this, this afterlife, if I hear his voice, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's it. That, that's all I'm bothered about. That's that's my reward. So if that's what if 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 you if you're asking me in some of your questions about you know rewards of living a godly life, uh, well that would be all I would say. Well, yeah, that that's that's my reward. Well done, my good and faithful servant. What, what you can't beat that. You know I don't want a, a big mansion here on earth. I don't want millions of pounds. I mean if you want to give me some money, I'll take it. I'll accept it. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> But, you know, um, you know, but what is this eternal salvation? And what is this um, living the kingdom now? 
Uh, and like I said, do we need to be rewarded? Isn't the fact that we know God personally more than enough? And and here's another thing, right? So in Hebrews eleven six, uh, without faith it's impossible. With, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yes, I accept that. For he who comes to God must believe. Yes, I accept that. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, what happens if we're diligently seeking God? Okay. What happens if we've got this relationship? We believe in John 3.16, but we mess up. How many of us mess up? All right, then. Maybe I should be asking this. How many of us don't mess up? I'm pretty sure if I was in sort of like a, a big auditorium or a church or somewhere where I, I would normally be speaking and, and, and I ask this question, say there was a couple of hundred people uh, uh, listening to me waffle on and, and I ask the question, put your hands up if you have messed up. I'm pretty sure everybody, if they were being honest, would put their hands up. Um, <laughs> or if I sort of like ask the question, Put your hands up if you have never messed up since coming to know the Lord. Yeah, I can't imagine one hand going up, right? Because we all mess up. You know, the flesh doesn't remain silent. So because the flesh doesn't remain silent and we're, we, we, we mess up, are we then in danger of not being forgiven by this God that we choose to worship? Uh, what of Hebrews chapter 10:29 that states, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? <sighs> That's powerful. That's really troublesome, that, 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 that verse, Hebrews 10:29. And you know, I've, over all my years of, of, of being connected, to this faith, I won't call it a religion because I don't like the word, but my faith. I've heard so many preaching one thing whilst so many others preach another and it can get quite confusing. I've heard many hellfire uh, and damnation pre preachers yell and they do yell, if you go on sinning willfully after receiving the truth, there is no longer a sacrifice for sins and the only thing you can expect is judgment and hell. Huh? So that's it? Has grace expired suddenly like a, like a car that runs out of fuel? Does God suddenly then just give up on the hopeless sinner? And yet other preachers will preach once saved, always saved. Oh, okay, so now I can go and do whatever I want because the day when I was 24 years old and I whispered a prayer to some unknown God saying, Lord Jesus, I've messed up, forgive me. I give my life, come and save me. That's it. I don't need to do anything else. <laughs> well, it's confusing. It can be confusing. I think the church can give a very confusing message. And, um, and and then you look at the actions of people. Well, maybe it's best not to look at the actions of people. You know, really, could it be possible that if we ask God to forgive us and, 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 and trust in him, but then screw up or, 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 or turn our anger on God by our sinful actions, 
Is then there no hope? There has to be hope, doesn't there? There still has to be hope. In this world that God created, it includes the reality of of divine judgment and God's vengeance and the terrifying, furious fire of God's wrath. Then, honesty and love and wisdom should include sort of like warnings of danger, not just promises of blessings. And and in the, these days that, that I've been living since, well, at least since 2001, when the Twin Towers came crashing down after the horrific Islamic terrorist attacks, we have lived in increasingly strange and dangerous times. And, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a time, especially with this last, I don't know, year and a half, however long it's been, seems to have been forever with this COVID uh, virus. It, it's a time that has seen great agony and catastrophes and tragedies and, and violence and sufferings of every kind. You know, you, you can go back just, what, 20 years or so? And think about all the atrocities that we have seen. We see it day in. We see it day out on the internet, in the newspapers, on TV screens. And those who are thoughtful and watch with concern know that we are seeing probably just the tip of the iceberg of what has become today a uh, a lawless, there's a spirit of a lawlessness out there. And, and it's like the tip of the iceberg of hate and greed and injustice and brutality around the world. Not to mention the millions upon millions of uh, starving and utterly destitute poor in the world. And the agonising situation of the tens of thousands of refugees, such as we've seen, which I've been reporting over the last 10 years, uh, we've witnessed in Syria. But on the other hand, we, we, we don't want to hear it. We are too self-centred. And, and while most of the world watches death every day and and we see horror stories unfolding in volumes that we never, ever expected. We see earthquakes, we see tsunamis, we see massive floods, terrorist attacks, wars, and the more. How is it that we can still eat our evening meals while watching all this on the television? Is it because we've become desensitised? Yet at the same time, <laughs> we could get upset at the sight of a dead dog or a, a pulley donkey, or worry whether fish have feelings when being caught to eat, and grumble when it takes 10 minutes to receive our fast food from a takeaway. <laughs> you see, at the end of the day, we are all selfish. We all fail God every day, because as the New Testament teaches, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And so we mess up daily. And in which case, there appears to be no hope for anyone. And why should God hold out a hand of grace to one and not to the other? And, and, and what's most appalling, though very few regard it as most appalling, is that when it comes to God, all we want to hear is the sweet side, the tender side, the warm side of God. Like, it's almost like, oh, the God of the New Testament is different to the God of the Old Testament. No, he's not. 
The word of God is the word of God. Let's just scrap the new and the old. We've got the testaments, we've got the scriptures, the whole Bible. We can't just have that bus ticket to heaven and just dismiss other important areas in the scriptures and in our lives. We want that bus ticket to heaven, but who is really ready to lay down their own lives? I'm not. I'm too selfish. Now, obviously, I can hear all the groans and moans and things. Dude, this is a heavy podcast. Yeah, it is. It's only I'm, I'm basically toying with questions that you've all asked me. And, you know, some of those who have listened to sort of like my, my podcasts from when I was doing Romanian work and different things that you can say, uh, I can hear you saying, hang on, Dave, you can't say things like this. You, you, you know, how can you possibly feel this way? You've been faithful to God. You've lived uh, a, a life of faith. You've risked your life smuggling Bibles in the Soviet Union. You've helped ease pain and brought healing to Romanian children when, when, when you were working out in Romania with the children dying of AIDS. You, you've comforted Holocaust survivors, terrorist victims, Jewish and Arab people. You, you've held out a hand of need. How can you possibly say you've messed up? Well, yes. I have done all these things. I have experienced these things. And listen to what I'm saying. I have, I, 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 me, me, me. Or have I? <laughs> have I just done them for a selfish gain? Or have I laid down my life and said, Lord, whatever you ask me, I'll do it. Yes, it was my feet that got sore walking through the streets of Moscow in those dark days of the Soviet Union. Yes, it was my hand that held the sick and the dying children at Chernovoda in Romania. Yes, it was my life that was nearly wiped out on that terrorist attack that blew up the Jerusalem bus in 2002 as I was serving the people of Israel. But really? Do you think that I can take credit or any credit for any of that? Absolutely not. I, I have only ever tried to be faithful. I have only ever tried to fulfill what I believe God has called me to do. Yet even so, the flesh is strong. The flesh is certainly not silent. So does that leave me with just good works and possibly no hope. And so this, this wrestle with God continues and that's something else that people have been writing in and asking me about, about you know, wrestling with God. Some, some people really feel they are wrestling with God. There is often a dark cloud uh, with me personally. There's a, there's a dark cloud of dark depression that can fill a very needy soul. And you know what? The church simply doesn't have the answers. As I only see people like me who fail daily. And when was the last time you saw a bl the blind receive their sight or the deaf uh, receive hearing or the lame man leap or the dead man raise to life? We used to always sing a song. Uh, I, you know, I led worship for, for many, many years in, in, in 
uh, a church that we planted a long time ago. Um, and, and I used to sing this song about there must be more than this. There is more than this, but so why is it we're not seeing it? And when one sees the very church that one held birth, implored and experienced harsh criticism from some of the Christians that you thought were actually your brothers and sisters, it's hard. When you have no answer for why one person is healed when we pray, another one dies and prayer appears to go unheard. A deep wrestle explodes in one's head and, and, and clouds of dark fog block the sun. And like Jacob in Genesis, the night's wrestle is, is long and hard. And, and yet even in the battle, <laughs> I find confusion. Dear me, I'm sounding like uh, <laughs> Solomon <laughs> who wrote, wrote Ecclesiastes. You know, I love, and anybody who knows me will know this, I love the teaching of Spurgeon and I love the teaching of, of Oswald Chambers. And yet I, I often find little hope in these great men of God in times of need. I can remember Oswald Chambers once stated, and I quote, you must learn to wrestle against the things that hinder your communication with God and wrestle in prayer for other people. But to wrestle with God in prayer is unscriptural. This is a quote from Oswald Chambers. He continues, and this is from uh, my utmost for his highest, uh, a quiet time book that I use on a regular basis. He says, so let me just recap, but, if, but to wrestle with God in prayer is unscriptural. If you ever do wrestle with God, you will be crippled for the rest of your life. As indeed Jacob was, who God changed his name to Israel. He walked with a limp for the rest of his life. So the question is, am I crippled? Is this why sin can flood in and block out the sun? But why on earth, answering somebody else uh, who asked the question about uh, Jacob and wrestling with God, why would anyone want to wrestle with God? Are we grabbing hold of God and wrestling with him as Jacob did simply because God is... Uh, is working in a way that doesn't meet our approval. Or maybe he ha hasn't answered our prayers in the way we wanted. And, and, and can we really become a cripple by wrestling with the ways of God, even though scripture tells us we are more than conquerors through him, according to Romans 8.37? And if you ask me to pray for you, and I am not complete in Christ, will my prayer accomplish nothing? But if I am complete in Christ, my prayer brings victory all the time, does it? And if this is true, then we must have millions of churches that are not complete in the Messiah because we see very few miracles these days. And you know what? These questions that have been sent to me and I've got no, very little answers for them, 
we're all scratching at the surface. These are only the beginning of the questions. There are far too many questions than answers here. So, when I spoke many times on the sovereignty of God, did I really mean it? Is it like the, the, the musical uh, Le, Le Miserable? I dreamed a dream in times gone by when hope was high and life was worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiven. It's a powerful song if you listen to the words. So is God all forgiven, full of grace and mercy? Or is he sovereign and hard and ruthless and allows people to perish and even sends them to hell? And if it is, how do, we, how do I escape it if I've accepted Jesus' atoning blood but for some reason it, it appears that it's suddenly not working? Wow. <laughs> but there is always hope. There is always hope, even in these mixed feelings and questions that I can't give answers to. And thank you very much for sending them. You've given me a headache, but that's, that, that's what I asked. I said, you know, if you've got questions, if you've got themes, um, and you're probably switched off by now, and I'm probably talking to myself, but there is always, <laughs> there is always hope. Because, you know, one of my favourite scriptures, probably those who know me, uh, my favourite scripture uh, of all time is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And um, we were just chatting about this the other day. I, 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 uh, I remember um, back in 2013... Uh, a group of us climbed up my favourite mountain, Helvellum, in the Lake District. And I've climbed that, this mountain well over a dozen times. I love it, I really do. Uh, I might struggle today, mind. My bones would be asking serious questions of me. But uh, I'm still intending to do it again. If I can do it one more time, I'll be happy. And uh, I've mentioned this before in podcasts, I know, but this like I say, is one of my favourite walks. Uh, however, this particular climb in 2013 was really, really tough, simply because I was unfit and I'd put on a lot of pounds. And uh, I was well over the weight that I should have been for a six foot plus frame. And it was one of the hottest days in June and there wasn't a cloud in the sky most of the days. And as we finally ascended to the top of the mountain, I remember slumping down without the strength to even take off my backpack from my, from my sweaty back. I just sat there on the top of Helvellyn, looking down at Striden Edge below me and the fantastic view of Ullswater in the far distance. And that was it. I was done. I'd done it. Well, actually, I hadn't done it. I still had <laughs> a few more feet to climb to the very top. And then, of course, I had to get all the way back down again. But that didn't matter. As far as I was concerned, I'd done it. And um, 
I remember thinking, okay, God, that's it. I'm done. I've climbed my favourite mountain probably for the last time. And the views are spectacular. And if you want, you can take me now. Because I ain't got the desire to move on from here. <laughs> and little did I know that our son Matthew captured that whole moment on camera as he stood behind me and took a photograph. And I treasure that photograph. It's, it, it was a strange moment. It was a tough year, 2013, but they've been even tougher since. And like I say, when you're going through tough times, depression sometimes can roll in. It can, it's like a mountain fog caressing the Cumbrian hills and suddenly you can't see the view. Yet as, as I sat there on my mountain, <laughs> on Helvellyn on the top, for a few seconds, a cool breeze blew over me. And what was even more amazing was that there were some students, and this is true, uh, ask anybody who did the walk with me, Beth was with us, um, our Matthew was with us, uh, quite a few, there was I think about a group of seven or eight of us. <laughs> and what was most amazing, that there were some students raising funds by boiling pans of water on a gas stove that they'd carry to the top of Helvellyn. And they were making cups of tea and selling them in aid of their charity. Wow, thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. A moment's breeze and a fresh cup of tea. <laughs> and suddenly I was renewed. I pondered on what the Lord had whispered through the words of Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, which, by the way, is what my name means. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Could I believe this? Could I stand once again on the promise? Would God really give me the strength I needed to soar high above any weakness in my life and press on with the calling he has given me? And there are indeed far too many questions and not enough answers in this life. But indeed, I have to believe that God will give me and you the strength we need to soar high above any weakness above any sins, above struggles, above depression, above the obstacles in our lives. After all, everything going on in our world today is not a surprise to God. Everything that happens in our life is also not a surprise to God because he's never caught off guard. He... He's not been sleeping while our w world rages out of control, even though it sometimes feels like it. Yes, I really do believe that God is still on his throne, high and exalted, and he still has a plan and a purpose for everything going on in the world around us and in our own personal life. As believers, as Christians, and, 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 and I want to add the, the Jewish people 
Israel as a nation, people, as a state. None of us should be curling up into a ball of timidity. The world might hate us. And if you think about Israel, boy, does the world hate Israel. The boycott, divestment and sanctions against Israel and those who shout it out and scream and yell at the Jews. They're everywhere. The whole world is coming against the nation of Israel. So should we just curl up in a ball of timidity? The attacks, the terrorist attacks keep happening. What do the Israelis do when they blow up a restaurant? When the terrorists, the Hamas terrorists, the Islamic terrorists blow up a restaurant? What happens when the Palestinian Arabs blow up a coffee shop? Do you know what the Israelis do? Within days, they've rebuilt it. And within days, they are back in supping the coffee, back in putting in their orders for the pizzas. They will not give up. And if they will not give up, why should we, who are supposed to have this intimate relationship with God through the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus? <laughs> we must not give up hope. We must not give up and drown our sorrows with a bottle of our favourite alcohol, thinking there's no hope. So, how does God want to handle the cares of this world? How does he want us to, to know this trust and, and have this strength to press on? I guess he simply wants us to lay down at his feet. He wants us to cast our cares upon him, as it says in 1 Peter 5, 7. He wants us to trust him, even when the tough times are, are, are affecting us. And so, in this week, when I saw once again the scenes of the Sbarro terrorist attack on the uh, pizza uh, shop restaurant in, in, in Jerusalem back in August 2001, when a suicide bomber, a terrorist, a, a Palestinian terrorist blew up the crowded Jerusalem restaurant, murdering 15 people and wounding 130 more. It's tough, isn't it? It really, really is tough. But can we give in? Should we give in? I'll leave you to answer the question. Until the next time, may you know God's peace, uh, his blessings, his grace, his shalom.